Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about plastic tiaras, sorcerer's hats, and the Oscar Emmy of the Year of the Eternity goes to Leroy Grumpy. Because this episode, he was extra as hell in every scene, and I loved it. He was giving Sebastian Stan last episode as Hatter. Last episode is Jefferson energy. Like, I'm never coming back, and, like, this is the energy I'm yes. giving. Uh, because he yelled twice about two similar, but actually, didn't he yell three times? He yelled, we're under attack. There's a snow beat. No, he only yelled it twice. Uh, and then they put the narcoleptic guy as the as the designated driver. All good decisions. No, he, he yelled three times. He first yelled, we're under attack. Evil snowman, run. And then there was a third time he was literally oh, just yeah. dashing monster! back and forth there's down the street. Monster, there's a monster. He just And then and then when he's in the car with Sleepy, like I want more scenes like that where it's just these fairy tale people in the modern world just having regular conversations. Like he's like you're <laughs> he's like I'm designated driver. I'm going to grab your car the way I want to. And and Grumpy's getting so pissed off like that is the shit yeah. I love. And we don't get that because we need to reenact an entire movie. Oh, boy. That, that's our focus. Because we are talking about season four, episode one, A Tale of Two Sisters. We made it. We made it. We're season four, guys. We, we made it. We are in season four. And, oh, 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 I mean, they know how to start a show. But was this the best season premiere they've had? I'd say not really. It does not hold a candle to even like the last half season premiere we got, the Manhattan story. Like this doesn't hold the candle to that. I And I kind of want to chat for a little bit in general before we get to the nitty gritty. Like in your opinion, Abby, do you think the Frozen stuff is already holding it back. So I think, and you're right, The this season opening was, I will dare to say, unless I am proven wrong in the next couple of seasons, my goodness, one of the weakest, if not the weakest, starters. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think that's because they leaned so much. This is uh, rewatching wise. It leaned so much on the hype of the fact that at the end of the season, Elsa shows up and this is in the middle of frozen craze and let it go is on every station. It's the summertime. Stop playing it. Uh, and so it was leaning very heavy on the hype and the recognizability of the characters. And so it held back the story because they weren't blowing us away with guess what we're about to do this season. It was just look who's here. And you can only look who's here for so long before I start asking questions. And I, you already know. So the hype's already kind of gone for me. Like I could see first watch. This is amazing in 2014. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Is it still amazing? Is it still fascinating? I don't think so. No, this, I, I, the one thing I will say is it does, it teases out a lot of longer game stuff, particularly things that we're going to see in the second half of season four, which makes me honestly wonder, because like we talked before about how in the original script, they wanted to keep it so so much of a secret. The thing that came out of the urn in Rumpel, that came out of Rumpel's vault was a sorcerer's hat. And then lo and behold, in this episode, we get the sorcerer's hat. So I'm wondering... Was the sorcerer, the author, that whole thing, the original plan? And then at the last minute, they got the clearance to do Frozen. And they're like, well, shit, we got to do Frozen. Everyone's talking about Frozen. And they cobbled together this story, but still wanted the sorcerer's thing. So that's why we're still getting it, but they're playing it longer. Because, like, the more I remember, like, they're just, they're just doing a sequel to Frozen. And it's, it's like... And, and we'll talk about it, but it was it was weird. I, uh, which is so funny. So uh, the the rabbit hole I went on right before we did this podcast, and I sent it to you, was I saw a random Reddit comment when I was kind of doing some research, uh, mentioning that Disney may or may not have had some sort of like claw in this contract of saying, hey, all of these characters need to be in their outfits uh, the whole time. Uh, they can't be in like street clothes or something like that. I don't know the validity of that. I've I've reached out, like I've made a post, which, uh, the internet. It's like, hey, does anyone have a source for that? And the answer I got was, uh, Disney owns ABC, which is not helpful. Uh, so I'm, I, I'll report back maybe in about a week and hopefully I've got some more information. But trying to do the research for this, because the Googling for this, Elsa, once upon a time, dress, uh, Disney. Those four words into Google never anything that i'm looking for it's just a thousand other things um a lot of deviant art uh, not a lot of deviant art just a lot of articles um that's how i found mm. this wonderful link that i ended up i think it's from like the bustle that i sent to you where someone was saying i don't know why we kept her in the dress the whole time we didn't get to see her doing different careers and it's just like the woman who played elsa's head very poorly and oversized shopped onto like emma's body and be like sheriff elsa <laughs> And Snow's body would be like, teacher Elsa. And it was like, so, it's like, this is the bustle. Shouldn't they have photoshopped this maybe a bit better? But maybe that was the joke. Anyway. I, as someone who once uh, briefly freelanced for bustle, let me say it could have easily gone either way because uh, they were a content mill. Okay. In some ways they still very much are, but you turned out, co- you, you shill- shilled that out Got fast because you weren't getting paid Got much it. work. It was still hysterical. So, and no, hold on. So, so my point was, yeah, th- sorry, I found an art, I found like an interview with the showrunners 
And I read, mm-hmm. I kind of skimmed it, quite honestly. But they made a comment where they were like, well, we didn't just want to shoehorn in the same story. We wanted to kind of put our own spin on it. But you could tell that even from the interview and even through just text, you could tell that they were in a way probably shackled a little bit because you can't go and just be like, anyway, Elsa's a witch and uh, she's bound to villainry and da 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 or like go full tilt into this is uh, this is Elsa and she's now in a lesbian relationship. Like they couldn't just do whatever they wanted and it, that showed. So I think that they tried to, you're right, just shoehorn it in. But because they were so constrained, they put the regular story in with it just to keep you watching. Yeah. Like, they literally had a line in there explaining that Kristoff got a haircut. Because apparently the the actor was going to have a wig. um, Or no, they colored his hair and it looked so bad they ended up having to cut it off. So they added a line, Honest says a line about he even cut his hair for the wedding. I'm like, does anyone honestly care if we see Kristoff in the next scene and he has short hair? I, I, but maybe they would have in 2014. But, maybe I would have. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. But I think also, again, they're trying to dri- drive a different audience to their show. So mm. I think that that audience would have been like, why am I watching this? This isn't my Kristoff. My Kristoff has shaggy hair. Uh, because otherwise, and we've talked about this, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna beat on this every single episode. I'm just going to probably say this and drop it. But they got people that looked so much like these characters for a reason. I mean, so much so. Like, it just looks like they pulled them out of the cartoon itself. They look, they they do a fantastic job. I Again, the, the blue dress the whole season is going to be a problem because I couldn't imagine being in that for an hour, let alone walking around the streets of a small town in it. Uh, but yeah, they basically just make them look exactly like the cartoon the whole time. So I guess maybe they were really worried about people not caring or this Disney contract thing really holds up. And they're like, if there's an eyelash out of place, I st- we will rescind all of our offers. Uh, yeah. Well, well, maybe we should see about finding someone from the costume department. That's where you get all the good dirt. Yeah, that's from the true. Costume that's department. true. Costume and sets. That's where you get the good shit. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about all of our wonderful Frozen stuff, both past and present, and snow snow giant monster related. Got that out of the way. Episode one, monster's done. Uh, and then we're going to go into all the other fun stuff. We got our Rumple honeymoon. We've got... Uh, we got Regina, her her hopes and dreams being crushed and turning to an old friend, a surprise guest to um, to to get her villain happy ending, which is going to come into play more further down the season. All right. Well, in the past, a long, long ago, in the wonderful land of Arendelle, or should I say rather in the oceans between Arendelle and another mysterious location known as Mist Haven, we've got a, uh, we've got a ship at sea. It is under siege by the waves and the storm. It is about to go under. And here we see Elsa and Anna's parents. They are wearing the full costumey, cheap ass party city regalia of Arendelle, including like the, the the queen mother wearing just like the cheapest looking crown I've ever seen in my life. How is this woman? This is like what you get for, for like you get like a, a four pack for like three dollars at Target for your princess party. 
I, this probably was where my first bit of disappointment showed up because they just looked so, like, stage makeup-y. Everything was a lot better lit than it should have been. And everyone looked a little bit better than they should have in a sinking ship. Why, why were they in full regalia? Like, the cake, like, did they put on their proper dress to go down with the ship so that when their bodies were exhumed for a James Cameron movie, uh, that they would they would look like they're supposed to because ain't no way a ship is going down and I've got even a tiara sitting on my head because I'm already in a boat. Why couldn't we have done this message in a bottle thing in, in anywhere else? You're already going into the ocean. Just take the bottle and the paper with you. You're writing it in the rain while it's splashing and a bucket is clearly being thrown on you. <laughs> like you could have done this anywhere. This scene, this scene was terrible. Like I, I have my picks about everything else, but this scene straight out of the gate, I hated this whole thing. It was garbage because yeah, they're they're just getting drenched with water, these poor actors, and she's just taking the time to write a little note and and the king is like, What's abandon we gotta abandon ship, we gotta go, we gotta get out of here and she's like, No, we must die for this letter and then they they just put it in a bottle and throw it and then they die. Like, I didn't get any of this. Like it's it's this is the modern version. For, forget the two of them could have fit on the door in Titanic. This is the new Titanic. This is this they is could the have new sent scandal. the bottle. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They could have sent the bottle from anywhere. Also, I and whenever the bottle turns up, if it's not all moldy and gross from being inside of a dry container while already wet, uh, yeah, this whole scene just bad because it did, it doesn't hold up to any sort of logic because you could do this anywhere else. But also, there's no way that. The pens they were using in Aaron Tale would have at all worked in the rain. Uh, like, it has to dry. There's sand. It's a whole situation. It was just bad. Just bad. We didn't need to see this. I, I There had to have been a better way to do the message in a bottle thing. Better way. There had to have been a better way. I, I'm not going to speculate what it is because this is the worst it could probably have been. There's always a. <laughs> yeah, because they ha- they have. she says they have to know the truth. Elsa and Anna have to know the truth because what are they going to do? They're going to go into the our unknown. attic. To... Yes, that which makes this not canon. <laughs> Non-canonical. They're going to go into an attic. They're going to find a wedding dress because Anna is getting married uh, to Kristoff the next day. And you know what they're going to find? They're going to find their mom's old diary that talks shit about their daughter. Oh, my God. But they're missing context, and that important context I, is in a bottle floating in the sea. I, I, oh, okay, listen, guys, I this has been a real thorn in my ball, and I'm going to just sort of, I just want to talk about it. I'm going to kind of shoehorn this in here. Uh, when people talk shit about their kids on Facebook, it drives me nuts. Like, or say weird, embarrassing thing about uh, things about them. Because, like, I do the, like, you're, like, today, a year ago, you said this, and I'm just like, oh, boy. Like, college me. Like, Facebook posts I made in 2008 are wild. Like, I'm just like, who is this person? But I see so many people, especially now that I have more parent friends, and these are people I know, like, as acquaintances who add me. These are not close friends. I would tell them <laughs> this to their faces. But they just post these wild things that if I found out that my mom was saying this, even into the ether of the internet where no one, like, kind of cares, they would kill me. Like, I would just be like, did everyone need to know about this story about me pooping my pants? Is this... Like, thank you for also including a photo. 
Same thing with like a diary, an errant diary of just being like, my daughter is a monster. Oh, every day I wonder if I could have done something different. I wish I, I wish her ice powers weren't as terrible. They make me cry constantly. Someone's going to find it. You write this stuff down and then you burn it. You write those letters and then you burn them or you throw them away. You don't keep them. We don't file them away. It's not what we do. People find them. They come out. You die. They find them when everyone rushes to your house to steal all your stuff. That's what happens after funerals. He was like, hey, uh, great aunt so-and-so died. Everyone makes a land rush to her house. And that's when your uh, terrible notes are found, like about how you believe your daughter is a monster with ice powers and no context about messages. The word monster comes up a whole lot in this episode in a way that made me uncomfortable. Yes. But not in the way the episode intended. It made me uncomfortable because I'm like, this is kind of overkill. And there's probably another word we could use instead of this to describe human beings over and over and over again. Just saying. And this is going to go with my through line of them trying to go for a younger audience. They're not going to start. I, I, and I, I got this a lot through the episode. I'm going to see if I, if this holds up through the rest of the season, but it did seem like we, we started, they weren't punching a script up. They were punching it down because Mm. it seemed, it didn't seem to have it same impact like like using the word monster over and over and having very like i know we made our jokes about last season you know i came into cyclone but if if the i'll posit this if the wicked stuff came after the elsa stuff the frozen stuff i think they wouldn't have called it a cyclone i think they would have called it a tornado Mm. i like things like that I think they were going for a different audience, so they started writing a little bit different, and it's very clear in the, like, two different villain monologues we get. And they're both bad. Two people who did great villain monologues give two bad monologues. In the, well, not bad, but just poor. We'll say poor. Yeah. And it's surprising. Well, not surprising, really, because this, this episode was written by the showrunners. Yeah. So you'd think they would be able to handle that because these are their villains. But alas, we cannot. Anyway, so... Anna is trying on the wedding dress and 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 cracking wise left and right. The the actors who they got to play the characters, yes, they look exactly like the Disney counterparts. They are being coached to act exactly like the Disney counterparts. They are written like the Disney counterparts. But we immediately run into a wall of you this is not how you translate animated characters in the live action they are two completely different mediums like at one point when they're in the woods and Elsa's is very sad because she found the uh the the diary that said she's a horrible hor- horrible person anna just like comes up and s- just rambles at her for like 30 straight seconds of like you'll never be alone well, well yeah i mean you might be alone sometimes but you, you know i'll be with you in spirit and it's a nice thing and i was like says that to people (laughs) okay so i might just take a little bit of a different road because i actually liked that scene for some reason i did mostly because a i thought that the actress like somehow encapsulated yes the the man i feel like the mannerisms weren't up to snuff like if you're gonna carbon copy a character and you want them to be cartoons their mannerisms also have to be that like anna needed to be spinning around randomly a lot more. Because that's what Anna does in those movies. She's always like twirls her whole dress. She's like, I'm going to go outside. Like, it's, that's what she does. And she's very high energy. And just she talks faster than she's thinking. So she has weird conversations like that. But that scene to me, I just remember watching it and just having a very clear moment while I watched it the first time and this time going, 
this is such a big emo, like eldest emo sister taking on everything while the youngest chitters like a like a like a monkey at her being like no it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine no everything's gonna be fine and then the oldest is like this is it i failed everyone oh no i was the mistake i like that was the dynamic i don't think they were intending to do that it was just kind of pushing the frozen uh melodrama versus anna's cartoonness uh i like this scene but i understand what you're saying because it doesn't translate for most of the other scenes. Because I, I also thought it was funny how much she started to sound like Kristen Bell at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the girl playing, I'm like, oh, this is just Kristen Bell's voice over another person. Like it, it sounded so. She did a great job. I just yeah, think no, it should have been done better. I and I know you weren't saying that. I just yeah, this yeah. is not a mark on the actors no, at all. I yeah. actually liked all three of them, and um, I know you mentioned a couple of them are on you on Netflix. Um, uh, Anna and I'm gonna keep calling him Cappy. His name isn't Cappy, but they're both on uh, you. Um, and I forget. I Elsa is in Elsa's in a couple of things, and I forget what I told you. She, I think she's in I Zombie. But she's also ah. in a couple of other things. Uh, or I might be mixing up Elsa and Anna. It doesn't matter. They're all, like, in the same shows. I think a couple, like, Mary, Mary, I about said Mary Margaret. Um, Maid Marian? Maid Marian, I think, was in Lost. But it's just, like, they're all, like, from the, like, there's, like, a phone tree. Hey, do you know anybody? I do! And now they all work together. I love it. Yeah, so, like. There, this is not a knock on the performances. Like, I feel like they're doing the best they can. The problem is what they're given. Yes. And what they're given is you are recreating this movie. It feels, it feels like, it's not even like they're the Broadway performance. It feels like they're putting on one of those shows at Disney's California Adventure. At like the Hyperion Hall or whatever it's called. Like, they are putting on a, a... Or they're playing at like a kid's birthday party. Like they are, they are, they are the characters and they're doing the best they can. And like they're good performances, but they're recreations. But I'm going to see if I can find it for you, but I laugh about this all the time. But there's a a girl, a woman that does like uh, Anna. I think she does princess parties, but I think at one point she was working for Disney for a little while, but she does the Anna Uh, costume and stage performing and stuff and it was just this like pov of her just being like oh did you just come see frozen 2 do you want to sing a song with me and the little kid let it go no that's that's elsa's song let's sing one of my songs the darkness creeps inside (laughs) like it i forget how her sad song goes because it destroys me but yeah it's just like anna's one song in frozen 2 is just her trying to get over the grief of death um amazing anyway yes i like that scene but i know what you what yeah. you're getting at i understand yeah so the the solution to all their woes is they're gonna go see the trolls because of course we have to go see the trolls they're gonna go see grandpappy uh played by none other than john reese davies i looked that up too i was like yay <laughs> even though he does not voice it in the movie no. So he just he just showed up for for once upon a time, and I kind of love that. Listen, he he played Gimli. Uh, we're we're bringing in the dwarf the dwarf pride. Maybe that's what had Grumpy all like fired up. He was just like the king of dwarves is here. I must be the best dwarf. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I was like I know this voice, and I started looking up all the actors. So 
I love that they only had enough because they had to spend their CGI budget on a different scene later. So it was just the one troll. <laughs> just yes. the one. And this was another situation where I think it lends credence to they might have had limits from from Disney. Like, I don't think it was as strict because, like, for example, they put on a, in a wedding dress that was not in the show. But, like, they made the troll look exactly like the troll from the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to do that. There's no. no reason they couldn't do something else more creative with what they were given. But they can't. And, like, even, like, the Arendelle CGI looked exactly like Arendelle by way of all the CGI village sets they do every time. But Grandpappy tells them, look, I don't know what they were up to. This letter sounds kind of, this diary sounds kind of shady, but I can't, I can't tell you what they were up to, but I can tell you where they were going. They were going to a place called Mist Haven. And Mist Haven, no, is not the name of the Mist place in Frozen 2. Although a lot of people had that question. I actually Googled it, but that is not, the case um and so like well and i was like i gotta go on an adventure i gotta go to miss Haven. i gotta get some answers elsa says no you can't but does not forbid her as queen not that that would have made a difference anyway no no it would not have uh but we do get we get introduced to christoph Mm-hmm. Um, and his haircut. And oh my god, I like so. Now that you tell me that story, it makes sense as to why his hair looked a little bit lighter than it should have. Uh, but also like with the terrible CGI. Uh, but it makes me think about Katy Perry because Katy Perry did that. Like she bleached the hell out of her hair. That's why mm-hmm. her hair was super short for a while. So I like he had the full Katy Perry. Good for him. He's a little yeah. firework. Uh, I like this scene with him and Elsa. I think that they had an interesting chemistry with each other. Like, enough of one to be like, hmm? What's happening here? Like, because she, like, looks at him and smirks. I'm like, uh-oh. But I know that that's not, like, what happens. But I was just like, this you can't keep them, like, together. Like, they have too much chemistry. It's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. No, I, when he was, like, saying that he stayed, that sh- that he was staying behind instead of going with Anna. And he's like, so you're not alone. I was like, oh. So, funny little behind the scenes thing. So, you know, they have Sven the reindeer. At least they gave him a real reindeer. <laughs> that was the one concession. Uh, he was actually voiced, you know, the, the grunts and stuff, uh-huh. uh, by an editor of Once Upon a Time named Mark Goldman. He basically did it as a filler, but they liked yeah. him so much they just kept it. So he ended up voicing him for the rest of the season. And apparently while they were filming this episode, the reindeer spat on the actress who plays Elsa. <laughs> Just bad on her. I I feel so bad. First of all, that's hysterical. Uh, Because reindeer, reindeer mean man. Like Mm -hmm. reindeer are super mean. They nasty. Uh, They nasty. Don't. Did you see a reindeer? Just leave it alone. Just don't. No. Uh, but but I I do love that that little trivia because there's so many instances of that. Like that's how Edna Mode was created. And I think that there's another one that I'm not thinking about. But it was just like I've decided I will do the voice. Uh, and, and then suddenly it's this, like, not that Sven's, Sven's reindeer voice is some sort of renowned entity, but I love it. We're like, we're just going to do this as filler. You know what? This, I, I don't know if I've just been listening to it too long, but I feel like this is it. Let's not do anything else, guys. Cause it does work. It does work. Yeah. Actually, I have a personal story kind of similar to that. Um, I, 
like I, I once did this like voiceover thing for um, a sci-fi short film. Like they wanted someone to kind of voice a um, a spec trailer. And so I did it. It just while it was getting shopped, it was just a favor. Um, but it ended up actually like getting used in like the real trailer and like it ended up winning a bunch of awards. And so like my voice was in all those different things. Long story short, maybe I should have had a, maybe I should have gotten like 50 bucks or something for that. I don't know. And I, I should have gotten paid something. See, we see Beth, this is like us mm-hmm. as, as pro podcasters that we are absolute professionals. We need to start licensing our voice. We have a brand now. Yes, we do. We have a brand, a vision, and a lot of shit to say about Frozen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and random random shout out to the person on TikTok who found me in the ether and recognized my voice alone. Fantastic. Made my day. It's just like, do you have a podcast about what's upon them? I do. Absolutely I do. So anyway, I'll be trademarking and ensuring my voice later. Well, to close out our wonderful journey in Arendelle... Elsa has realized that Anna has stepped away to go to Mist Haven and is on a boat heading off to sea. And lest we forget, this is not Frozen 2. Elsa cannot simply run out into the ocean to chase after her on the waves because she has not learned that skill yet. She will not acquire that until Frozen 2 when she gets a really cool swimsuit. No, <laughs> Full body swimsuit I, where she can run on the waves. I, I don't care. I love that scene so much. <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 I'm making, know, I'm making fun of it with love. I know. I love that. I, I love that. I love that whole situation. And then that song that comes right after that, mostly because I remember like, I was like, this just has nothing to do with anything. Watching Frozen 2 with my sisters. They watched me, by the way, when Kristoff sings his like Elton John song, because I was in tears laughing. It's the best, like most random song. But during that, when she finds the horse, the water horse, and I just started like in my tears, I was just like, of course she's a horse girl. <laughs> uh, I need to learn that Kristoff song for karaoke. Like the karaoke bar I go to uh, has that song. And I'm like, I would I would rock that song. I, I, I'm surprised it didn't show up on my Spotify wrapped up the year it came out because I was just singing it in my car constantly. We're going to go ahead and fast forward many years because Anna has disappeared. Where has she disappeared to? A place called Miss Haven, but the locals, because Kristoff has this information, apparently. <laughs> when he knows what the locals call Miss Haven. I, I, I love that. Like, <laughs> just like the locals. I'm like, what are you, you hustling ice that far? I don't think so, man. What are you talking about? I love the idea of like a cutscene of Kristoff selling ice to Charming. And then honestly, she's in Discord fight. <laughs> Exactly. He's just part of everybody's life. I love it. He just makes the rounds. Yes, because it is the enchanted forest. But where's Anna now? I guess we're going to have to find out. So we shoot forward into modern day. We pick back up where Elsa in the modern times, her glove has come off. She's shooting ice at it everywhere and she heads down the street. Her ice snail trail behind her. Okay, thank you. The freaking snail trail. Like, why Why is this the effect? And, like, also, when she ends up in the middle of Storybrooke and we see that moment where, like, the ice is coming, is on her hands and she, like, you know, does the control it and, and puts it away. Like, she's got a whole snail trail of ice behind her. She's not controlling shit. 
Why is she still leaving a trail behind her? I wish I but like it stops eventually, but only conveniently so that they can't find where she's hiding because then she she spends the back half of this episode darting into alleys and behind dumpsters and into different various buildings. Uh, where's the snail trail there? Where Where is just this like chaotic line of ice? <laughs> Figure eights. <laughs> I, I cannot wait until Regina has to start fielding all of these uh, slip trips and falls on, on ice that have been happening in the middle of the fall. They're like, hey, where's the ice for the, or where's the salt for the town? Uh, I'm suing everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, she heads out of the barn and heads down the street. She finds a sign for Storybrook. She can read English. Good for her. And she's like, Storybrook? What the hell is that? But no time to dwell because Grumpy drunk off his ass on power for being the world's greatest acting mind is heading home, uh, being driven by Sleepy. And they have a fun little conversation and then Sleepy falls asleep at the wheel. Uh, I guess Sleepy has full-on narcolepsy in modern day and is a danger to himself and others. Yeah, I, I, that I, it happens so fast. Like, it's almost like he gets enchanted because he's like, la, la, la. And I do like that Grumpy has some sort of, like, say no to drugs kid moment because he's just like, no beer is worth this. <laughs> okay. And you only have, did she just have one beer? You just I know, but it was at Granny's, and she does serve them in those big mugs. So, like, mm. one beer. It's like drinking, like, one glass of wine, but it fits the whole bottle in it. It's like, mm. it's just the one glass. Mommy's not getting drunk. She's having fun. <laughs> Mommy's sipping uh, But I love... I love... First of all, you're right. She does read English. I'll just say maybe it's because she was a queen, and she had to be taught this or she was bored in her room like i remember in frozen she's just like locked in her room for years question mark with no contact she's had to have done something but i guess reading every language uh but yeah she basically like ice blasts the car that's headed out of storybrook question mark because she's like at the skirts of town and then she sees the where are they going yeah i thought that like i wasn't aware that they were people were trying to leave or that they even could like, normally that's a big deal. Yeah, I didn't understand where they were. Like, the way that they did this didn't make sense as to where they were going or why they were going that way. Yeah, but, I mean, they don't get there anyway because Elsa uh, decides to freeze blast the car with ice magic and they have a nasty car accident and then Elsa just walks away. And it's daytime now! <laughs> Hours later, Grumpy has a concussion. Sleepy's dead. It's now, it's now, yeah, all the, also, by the way, no airbags in this car. What's happening? Nothing deploys. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like, she walks, and like, ten feet later, it's midday. Mm -hmm. uh, has she just been walking and snail trailing everywhere? Maybe she's dehydrated. That's what it is. She's used all of her ice powers, and she's dehydrated. She, she needs to pull in the water from the atmosphere and, like, build up her reserves. So the dress... The craftsmanship on this Elsa dress, I will say, it's it's very good. It looks very pretty. I like the almost like scale-like pattern that they give it. Like it's clearly very well made. That doesn't mean it's good to look at for a long time. And it doesn't mean it's good to look at in the day. At night, it's one thing. In the daytime, 
It looks hokey. It and and this her hair does it every once in a while too, uh, because golden platinum was more or not golden platinum, but golden like white blonde hair was more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like in the twenty, like now I think they would have got given her the proper silvery white hair. Yeah, uh, this was not as silvery as it needed to be. But yeah, she definitely looked like a lost performer. Uh, in, in like you know what I mean? Like she was like, I'm I I was supposed to go to a kid's birthday party. I got lost. I'm now in front of a library. What do I do? I asked the lady in the library where to go, but she just wrote a note that says she's invading someone's home because they're not there. For 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 the sexy times with oh an, my God. with an immortal I, man. I can't with that whole thing. I can't wait till we get there. But yeah, so she's just wandering around the day. And yeah, you're right. It looks hokey as hell. Yeah. In the daytime. But again, not a mark on the costume designer and not a mark on the actress. Like everyone's doing their best with what they have, but what they have is this. So you just can't be helped. So yeah. she's, she's snail trailing around. Um, and, and then we've got a, a moment where Elsa, oh, sorry, no, Elsa, Emma is chilling with Mary Margaret, charming his one line this episode. He's like, maybe we shouldn't name him Bellfire. And then he walks why? away. Why? Why was that the line? Why Why should we have named him Bellfire? I don't... I'm mad about that line. I wasn't mad about naming him Neil, but it's charming. Maybe we should have named him Bellfire. Maybe people would have been more mad, and I love it when people are mad. Charming's all about the drama. He is. So drama. And Emma talks to Snow for a bit about the whole Hook situation. She's a little unsure about it. And then Hook shows up. We're not going to get into all those details because we don't need to. A giant, they they go chasing after a snail trail where Elsa's just like runs into a back, like back area and then darts behind a fridge and is like, they'll never find me here. And I'm like, girl, you just let a path right to you. But that doesn't matter because her magical nerves drum up the snow monster from the movie. People fight it. And then there you go. And then and then the last we see of Elsa, she goes into the pawn shop and because the necklace was there, the cheap ass like charm necklace that looked like something you would get from like American Claire's. Girl. I was thinking yeah. more like Samantha from American Girl. You get like and you'd have you had the book. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have matching ones like with your doll. Exactly. Totally. Or like those um those books where you'd have like the, the that came with the necklace, like the ballet slippers and stuff. If there's one like yeah. a snowflake. It just reminds me of that. And she's like, I will find you. I'll always find you. And then and then that's that. I I liked the big snow monster because he was so polite. Uh, because I yeah. love the big sign that just says do not block. I love how like this big thing and he steps over it. Good for him. He does for it. He not only does that, he does like virtually no collateral damage. <laughs> like no. A he knocks down some CGI power lines. So you know they're not real anyway, it doesn't matter. And a like a, a trash can gets pushed a little bit. All the cars are good. The fences are good. It's almost like they couldn't do any actual practical effects with this thing. So they had this giant snow monster just casually tiptoeing his way through the town. I, I, I like the idea. Like now that we have this like 
at right now, I'm just going to call it a conspiracy that Disney had some sort of contractual obligations for them to not make anybody do anything out of pocket. I like the idea that the snow monster marshmallow, whose name is Marshmallow, uh, is tied into this. Oh, no, you can have Marshmallow, but he is uh, soon to be uh, Snow Prince. Uh, so we cannot... <laughs> Like, Frozen 3 is just going to be about, like, Marshmallow uh, going back to his people and finding <laughs> finding the other evil snowmen and, and, and going back to reclaim a throne. So we can't... He can't be bad. He can't do anything bad. Your ideas probably holds more water. <laughs> but I like the ideas. You can't mess with Marshmallow. No. He's a Disney prince. Because he'll only attack when he's provoked. This is something Hook just figures out. Because he only smart boy. only attack when he's provoked. Emma, use your magic to provoke him further. The logic in this episode is is barn just amazing. Uh, but yeah, Elsa's gonna find because she finds the littering newspaper the newspaper litter, and that's how she sees charm or Rumple and Bell's. Uh, is that a wedding announcement that she sees? It's it's literally like the front page of the gossip column is all about their happily ever after because that's shit we care about. I mean, they got nothing I else love- going on in Sydney Glass. He's otherwise occupied. He's not running the paper right oh, now. Oh, yes. yes. Quality's gone so- a little bit downhill. We don't have Emma's police photos anymore. What are we going to write about? really gone downhill now that all the gossip is all about two people in town possibly getting married earlier that okay so we're gonna we're gonna do the rumple bell stuff i'm gonna get this stuff out because it's not contained to anything like it doesn't affect anything else uh so, so we start with rumple and uh bell driving up to the graveyard and they're uh, rumple is gonna talk to neil and I like Belle. She's like, you can do it. You can do it. And it's like, okay. It's been about three days since they buried him, right? Yeah, it has not been long. Okay. I'm just making sure I have the timeline right. Like, it's not been a lot. There should not be fresh, like, good grass on top, right? No. Okay. Can, can I also, can I, can I, his gravestone just says beloved son. He was a father, too. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he didn't know his son a lot. His his son cared about him and sees him as a hero. He also had friends. Like, usually, like, a grave will say other things about you. The only thing they acknowledge is his connection to Rumple. Another way the show revolves around Rumple. <laughs> but it said Neil. It did say Neil. It didn't say so Bellfire. It- I don't know who ordered this gravestone. I don't think it was Emma or Rumple. No, maybe maybe it was Hook. He just wanted he just wanted no, to like make it, everybody you know mad. What? He wanted no no no. You know what? It was one hundred percent charming. One hundred percent, it was charming. What do you want, sir? What sir? Uh, sir, what would you like on that? Okay, so Neil, how do you spell it? Uh, I, I don't know. Just go with your gut. Uh, Cassidy, I believe. What do you want him to do? My beloved son. See anything else? Well, he never married my daughter, so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want the dates of his death and his and his birth? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. It's too complicated. No, thank you. Just those things. 
Just those things, thank you. Oh. Yeah. So he goes to talk to Neil's grave. And he, he has an exposition. Uh, this is the... This in Regina's info dump monologue just drove me nuts. So he's just, like, explaining what happens in the season finale where he's just like I married her but then I gave her a different dagger and it kills me inside I need to fix this you did this an hour ago Rumple loves telling people that he swapped the dagger he's it's like what, what would be the equivalent where you've you've done something that is supposed to be like this deep dark secret but you keep telling people about it I I have the perfect perfect version of it I'm gonna try not to spoil the show and please do not judge me. It got a little dark last week. I started watching Love is Blind season two. I watched season one, so I don't, I, okay. you know what? Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to give names or no, anything. No, you, you can. I, I canceled my Netflix. I don't, don't want to spoil for anybody else because the season finale is coming up. I don't know where everybody right. is with it. So I'll just put it this way. There, there is a couple. Uh, the one woman, she's just in love with this guy. They're having a great time. The guy, like, he likes her, but he's not, like, physically attracted to her in a way that he thinks that he should be he won't tell her this but he keeps telling everybody they meet he tells his mother this he's just like i'm just i I feel like she's more like my aunt or my sister i'm not like she's my friend i love her and i want to like be with her but i don't feel like that role whatever and like he tells every contestant on the show when they have like a meetup he's like drunkenly being like i'm not sexually attracted to her i'm not sexually. I'm like she will watch this show my guy like she can be like let's watch our love story why are you drunk on a beach telling everybody that you don't find me attractive like that that's what that brings up to me mm-hmm. i don't have a better explanation because it's just what i've watched it's just like stop telling everybody when you can't tell the person you're supposed to be telling, that's how relationships work. That's the person you're supposed to tell all your stuff to. Is Wait, is this guy trying to be the Jessica of season two? Because <laughs> that's what Jessica did to Mark in season one. It's like she oh. wasn't attracted to him and she just kept telling everybody. Beth, you need to watch season two. I want to talk conspiracy theories about the gold cups. Um. So, Yes. Rumpel will tell literally everybody that he has betrayed Belle on a fundamental level before he tells Belle this. And then, like the extra queen that he is, he also trades out the daggers like a lunatic instead of just waiting for her to go to sleep, which is what he does later. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I'm so mad. So, he tells this to Neil. He basically tells tells Neil what happened in the season finale, spoiling it for Neil. And basically says, I'm going to give the dagger back. I want to be the person that you died for, which is fair if this hadn't happened an hour ago. This is like doing something bad and then immediately having regret. You're just like, I'm going to do this. I'm so cool. Oh, no. I can't do undo what I've done yet. So Belle then, I, I can't with what happens here. Belle takes him to this giant house that she found while out on a walk. When was this happening, Belle? You've been busy. Sure. It's a huge house. Like a big kind of house. It's a like mansion. In my neck of the yeah. woods. It's a, it's a huge mansion. Like the kind of mansion like you'd have to have help for. Yeah. Because ain't a single person keeping that house clean. That's where my mind is. That's a homeowner. I couldn't keep that house clean. Why would I have that many rooms? And she goes, well, I don't think anyone lives here. So I think we should definitely have our honeymoon here. It is a fully furnished, modern American home. 
it did not come over with the curse. This is not somebody's enchanted forest home. Well, see, I agree, but also I'm I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and put a pin in it because I think there's some very weird shit shenanigans going on involving, I believe, involving the sorcerer. I, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, get I also believe it's connected to the author, but don't quote me on that. And, and, and I agree. I agree that it's, I agree that something's funky with the house. I don't remember exactly what's funky about the house, but for the context of this episode, something's weird about it. It's a new house that no one noticed. You couldn't not notice a house like this. Although I did wonder in comparison to Jefferson's home, because I remember Jefferson also lived like on the outskirts of town with this big giant house. I'm going to do some comparison shots. Yeah. Oh, and and, and I, uh, the one thing I will say to support your argument is like, even if there's some weird shenanigans going on, which there are, like Belle doesn't suspect any of it. Like Belle automatically assumes this came over in the last curse and there's nothing wrong with it. Like that does not sound like Belle. Belle would find this place sus as hell. Yeah, but also the fact that, hey, look, it's an abandoned home that came over with the cur- the next curse. Maybe someone's hurt. Maybe someone's trying to get to this house. Maybe the person that's supposed to be in this. Again, things that Belle, I think, normally would. But she's decided that she wants to be this to be her sex house. Yep. Uh, so she's like, well, I'm sure it's fine. So they go into this fully furnished home, not covered in dust. It, it Not clearly lived in. Like, there's not must or anything. But it's just like... Someone put all this stuff here. It's all modern stuff. Belle, get it together. But she's like, this is great. Look out the window. And then Rumple freezes her. He's She's five feet from him. She He freezes her in mid-sentence. And then is like, Belle, I must do right by you. And switches the dagger while her back is turned. And then unfreezes her. And she's like, this is so amazing. Yeah, let's do it. And he notes this thing on the camp. Kind of just whatever. And then they go and they have this cute, they have, you can tell that they got the Disney of permission because they had a Disney song play while they were in their Disney outfits and did their Belle and Beast yellow dress. He looked good in his Beast. I like the Beast, like the, I liked it. (laughs) I'm giving a face. I liked it. Beth started making a face. I'm like, wait a minute. No, he looked nice. (laughs) It looks a little... I honestly feel like I'd like it more if he had his rumple makeup on. I think just him okay. as Mr. Cold in this outfit looked really funny to me. It, you know what, you know what it was giving me? It was giving me my wife wanted a Renaissance wedding and I'm kind of okay with it. I'll wear it, uh, but it doesn't look right on me because she just wanted to wear the cool corset. Uh, because I, here's my theory. I don't think the yellow dress looks good in real life. Any iteration I've ever seen of it doesn't work. I liked this one better than the one they did in the live action Beauty and the Beast movie. Agreed. It's still not great, though. No. No. Like, But I, yeah, I no. much preferred Belle's very sexy post-wedding outfit with bra fully on display. And I'm like, girl, you look incredible. Enjoy your honeymoon. Go sexy. Go wild. I love it. She was in full, like, I'm about to do a boudoir shoot situation. Like, yes. that outfit was strategically placed so we didn't see nip like yep. that was the most coming from an episode that it was trying to elicit this younger audience to their platform not platform but to their show be like hey come watch we have elsa boob <laughs> <laughs> just just boob 
Just the one boob, though. Not two boobs. That'd be scandalous. Just the one boob. Um, another article I found while I was trying to find the, the, the receipts for this Disney thing was a Cosmopolitan article about... The, it was like titled like the times and once upon a time that the cleavage was out of this world. And I mean, it was a listicle like you've never seen. <laughs> it oh. just kept going. Some of them were just like, those are just boobs. But like, I'm forgetting that Ingrid, Ingrid <gasps> is, I think where evil cleavage mm-hmm. started making yep. it. Like everyone went, Hey, wait a minute. So this season, uh, but yeah, she's in her post coital, just napping it off. Cause uh, listen, Get that nap, girl. And then Rumple goes out to, like, find the thing he saw on the table that he was confused by. Got his dagger out. This is when you switch the dagger, sir. Not while she's in the middle of a sentence. No, but, Don't use magic on her. But see, this her. is when... Sex her, to, sex her to sleep, then switch the daggers. No, but see, but this is when he switched it back. Because his his whole... He has to do it right last, like, 20 minutes. I know, I know, but still, like, she she had to have, at some point, had to go pee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm in this new house? Because that's, this this is my redneck ass going to a big house. I'm going to go check out the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to pee in the giant bathroom. They have a bidet. Let's go. Like, that 100% Belle would do that. She's been captive her whole life. A cool new giant house? Excellent. Uh, and then, so he he waves his new his newly acquired dagger uh, over this thing. And the sorcerer's hat comes out. I liked the galaxy effect. It looked so good. It looked really this. good. I love this. This got me more hype than the Elsa thing did, admittedly. I yes. was like, yes. No, yes. I remembered, I because I didn't remember this, but when I saw it, I remembered my reaction when this first happened. And I was like, oh, I remember getting so pumped. I was like, it's a sorcerer's hat and it's got a galaxy inside. What does it mean? I don't remember what it means. We're going to find out together. I... I have to imagine they tried to do it practically the first time and they just had a big, like, crushed velvet blue hat <laughs> with silver stars sewn onto it. And they're like, we cannot make this look anything less than terrible. We need to do something else. Please. This looks so bad. Uh, yeah, so it's the, gal- uh, the galaxy on the-, the sorcerer's hat is the reveal we get with the Rumpel storyline. And they are currently in a question mark home that they have decided not to Airbnb, but just proclaim squatters rights in. I guess. Hey, you um, know, the, that's kind of the way the town has worked so far. And, you know, go big. Live your dreams. I get, you know what? If you're going to swing, swing for the fences, I guess. Uh, So, okay. So then the next storyline we're going to pick up happens the moment after the season finale. Regina is storming out of Granny's. Very upset, obviously, because Maid Marian is back. Meaning Robin's wife is back. She's alive. And is taking her happy ending. Emma comes out chasing her saying, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And I understand what they're trying to do with getting Regina back on the evil side for a little while. But I do think that her her argument doesn't quite hold up. Because I think, honestly, in her brain, she, like, Regina would have understood on a better... Like, if Daniel came back while he was... She was dating uh, Robin, what then? Yeah, I... I... I didn't like how any of this was represented. Like, and I also, I don't, how do I word this? I don't like the fact that Regina instantly jumps to, well, she's, maybe she was better off dead. Maybe she was a bad person. Maybe she deserved to die. And 
Then I also don't like that after she walks away and Henry comes out, his first thought is, is she going to turn evil again? I'm like, that's that's your mother. Don't you have other questions about how your mother is doing emotionally? So I kept... I, I kind of said this about Rumple for the last season of they kept treating his dark one stuff like he had an addiction problem and that just like if just like a strong sense of self would get him through it. It almost seemed like that with Regina too, where they were like, like she was sober and they were like, Regina, I know you're upset, but please don't turn to the bottle. Like, don't, don't, don't try to find it in vodka or anything. But it sounds so much hokier with, I hope she's not evil. I hope she's not evil. It's like, what does that mean? Like, maybe just interact with her. Maybe she needs friends instead of everybody just leaving her to storm off, which is Hook's bad, by the way. Emma tries to go chase after her after Regina, you know what, is correct in storming off because then Marion comes out. I'm not going to beat on the horse of what's going on with Marion. We'll get, we'll just follow that timeline as it happens. But Marion comes running out and she's just like, oh my God, is that her? Ah, ah, ah. It's like, I hate that too. I hate that too. So much. You were dead. Your your husband kind of moved on because you were dead for a while. For a while. I I don't like this. I don't like how this is representative of a relationship. Uh, but in a, just another random media poll, it did remind me of the Titanic. Because mm-hmm. Rose went on to live a life after Jack dies, has children with a man, and loves him dearly, uh, presumably. And then she dies... And she, in heaven, she goes back to Jack. Do you imagine being her husband in heaven? The hell? Wait a minute. What's happening here? Because she didn't tell him anything about it. So he's just like, finally, my, my I will be reunited with my Rose. Who the hell's that guy? Hey, wait a minute. No. Anyway. So, random note. Uh, Tim and I watched uh, Titanic like maybe a month or a couple months ago. We, first time in a long time. It holds up. That movie is good. I and it's, love Titanic. It's also apparently it's getting a real big like revival with like teens and tween girls in particular. And I'm like, I'm so proud. It's such a I'm good so movie. I'm so proud of you. It's I'm such so a proud good of you guys. Movie. Um, but at the end of the movie, like you know, she dies, and she she she's in heaven, and all the happy Titanic people. Tim didn't think she died. He thought she was sleeping. <laughs> that she was she having a dream. In her bed. <laughs> she died warm in her bed. Tim, God, okay. I told him that Tim. like four thousand times he did not think she died at the end and i'm like are you crazy it's literally the whole point of the movie she she closed all the loops she put the heart of the ocean back in the, and now i'm just mad at tim but he's not here <laughs> <laughs> great now i gotta watch titanic and angrily text tim while i do it um so yeah so she so, okay so this is happening so regina goes back uh, we'll just talk about what Regina's doing. Regina goes and she decides she's going to be evil. Why? Because Robin comes back and is just like, listen, I made a vow till death do us part. Technically, she didn't die. I've made my choice. And this angers Regina in a way so much that she breaks a mirror. But then she has a fun idea. Because it's not fun to break and punish a mirror if no one's inside of it. <laughs> I just shook my head so much. I know, there's like the sassimeter. Can we just talk about Robin's justification for a hot second? I feel like this could have been done a lot better. Like, I I totally agree. Like, I'm not surprised that he would try to give it another shot with Marion. Like, she's back. You know, he's going to, like, see what can happen. But, like, 
the way he, the reason he has like I have a code I have to live by the code and that code was till death do us part I mean that doesn't sound like how human beings would behave the two of them have had presumably had sex like they had an intimate relationship all he has to say is like I love you I care for you I don't know what this is I have to see if 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 this is right we have a son together there it is yeah i have to i have to try and and can we can we reassess later and can you please be understanding that this is hard for me like yeah that's how human beings would behave human beings are like i have a code and that code said i took this vow till death do us part so i must go back to that part of it it's just so weird it is it, it just it's such a weird like i, I don't want to be i don't want to be super reductive but it does have this like weird like dude logic to it was like i said i would so i will there's so much more to it like you said we have a kid together they didn't separate because the relationship didn't work they separated because she died and now she's back so there's a different conversation to be having here about it being complicated about what they're going to do like i I, maybe this maybe (laughs) i say this kind of knowing what's about to come is maybe they clear this up in another episode but in this episode it was all just very quickly get regina as mad as humanly possible Mm -hmm. and make it as black and white as possible you know possibly because they're 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 making a little bit easier for them younger audiences. Younger audiences are like Sith. They only deal in absolutes. Yes, like Sith. Not like those Jedi who have a lot of gray area. (laughs) So, so, Regina's all mad. She breaks a mirror. She's just like, you know what mirror I like breaking? He is downstairs. So she went to where she had been keeping Belle imprisoned in this like, like mental... Mm -hmm. War, very one flew over the cuckoo's nest yes. situation solitary I hope it's not what it looks like now and if it does it's wrong um, fundamentally and and inside of it is her her magic mirror is Mr. Sidney Glass and he is just like my queen I was so queen. I did not expect this I, I did not see Giancarlo Esposito's credit the first time I, I rewatched this one twice, I didn't see it the first time. So I was 100% surprised. Like she's smiling into her little broken shard of a mirror. And I'm like, hey, hold on. And then the next shot is her in the the hospital. I'm like, oh, hold on. Wait, is it what happening? Because we had seen a tease of like at the end of like season two, we saw a brief shot of Sydney's door in the hospital. We saw his name there. So that's kind of where we knew he ended up. And so then we get him back, albeit too briefly, bright star, gone too soon, to the to the land of he can shoot this on green screen while shooting something else. Uh I and and for what it was, they shoehorned it a little bit, but I, I liked this. I thought it was she's like, I need I need my oldest friend in the world. Obviously I'll bring back my mirror. Love this. Love this. Uh so she brings him back and he is immediately just like, so how are we gonna kill Emma? Let's murder her in the street. She's like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. 
not what's going to happen. Question. Is it, this is the first time that we're seeing Sydney after he got his memories back, right? Correct. Yeah. Because I think it, we only, we saw, yeah. Because he got in prison like in season one. So like. Yes. I, I really loved that. Like seeing like modern day Sydney, like as her mirror, as that devoted genie who was like in love with her and willing to do anything for mm-hmm. her. Like I loved it. I love too because it's like he is just like I'm so in love with you and I'm I'm gonna do anything for you. Let's let's cold let's just murder somebody. And she's like, okay, that's cool, but um, I'm gonna need you to do something for me real quick. And then pff, him into the mirror, and I loved him immediately just freaking out because who wants to be back in there? He's clearly having some sort of like reaction to this. Obviously, I I don't want to call it PTSD. Um, what do I want to call it? I don't know what I want to call it. But it was just like, no, not back in here. She's like, don't worry. It'll just be for a second. I, mm, that might be a lie. Yeah. Just like, just like when he, he talks to her, he's like, I, I always knew you you were waiting. You were waiting to bring me back until the moment you needed me. I knew you didn't forget that I was there in that, in that hospital. Right. I forget. Yes, oh, didn't no. forget at all. Mm. Didn't, didn't yeah. forget at all. Mm. So she is convinced that the... I I wish this was framed more as some sort of like descent like a, a like a break like her having like more of a mental break of just being like the book the book we got to change the book like the books you know but like everyone's like okay this isn't no we got to change this but then she's right the whole time because it just does sound weird this is one of her little forced kind of monologues where she's like the villains need to have their happy endings I will talk to and then she says I thought she was going to say it but she says instead the writer and it doesn't sound right She's like, I will find the writer and I will get him to change it so that I can have my happy ending. And Sydney's in the thing. She's like, I don't know how you expect me to do that. Like, I'll tell you that your eyeshadow is too much. It is. (laughs) But I can't change fate. So that's what Regina's up to. I, I couldn't follow this logic with the logic presented in the last two episodes of season three. Because they changed the book in season three. Yes. And granted, it didn't give Regina a happy ending, but it wasn't about her. Like, Regina's original plan was to go back and, and like, stop Maid Marian or kill her or something. And she has a change of heart, quote unquote, after seeing the memory and, and being like, oh, shit, I was really evil to her. So maybe I need to do something else. Like, why doesn't she go back in time to when her mother was about to kill Daniel? Like, time travel exists now, and we're presenting it as an option. Why not present it as a better option? So, I'll say that the way that I, the way that I worked the logic was that the book can change, but the book will change only for happy endings of the heroes. Mm. So, Robin gets his happy ending because Emma ended up infiltrating the book somehow and she got into the story. So no, no matter what Regina does, she can't infiltrate the story in a way that's going to get her a happy ending. Because the book is out to get her. The book is the fate that is just throwing the pebble in front of her. So if Emma does something, someone's going to get a happy ending. Because Emma just wakes up like Oprah throwing happy endings at people. Regina is just doomed to be alone. Uh, because even her son, who's just like, maybe I should call my mom. Yeah, maybe you should. 
Maybe you should go hang mother. out with your mother. <laughs> you yeah, call your mom. Call your mother. Call your mom. Call your mom. Tell her you love her. Tell her you're sorry. I don't know for what, but just for something. But yeah, he's just like maybe I should call her. Then doesn't call her. Like I, I'm so confused about how they're putting Henry because now Henry's always at Emma's side. I dislike this. Yes. Because Henry should be. I think Henry would have kept Regina more on the straight and narrow because at least she wouldn't be having like crazy book thoughts in front of him. Yeah, and it, it, it yeah, it gives Regina more time to to go into these very wild directions, and it weakens Henry's connection with her because all he's left to do is just be afraid of what she might do. And I'm like, well, Henry, if there's anyone who could connect with her it's you she literally gave you the hero's kiss that you you literally gave her the hero's kiss that saved everyone and restored everyone's memories that was a kiss of true love you are the best positioned to handle this yeah without a doubt uh so she (laughs) in the middle of all of this uh, a big snow monster named marshmallow goes toiling through the woods i do like that they kind of did a marvel thing with this uh where it was just like we have to get the giant monster out of town because we don't want it to hurt anybody we have to have all of our battles in places in which no it's more dc dc's been doing that right where they just battle in the middle of like nowhere because well, because uh, well collateral it's, it's snyder zach snyder backlash like snyder just d- demolished and destroyed millions of people so all the all the oh, subsequent yeah, yeah, yeah. movies were like no we got to be away from people luckily we got this whole city evacuated Meanwhile, meanwhile, X-Men, like, first class and the ones that came out of that were just destruction porn where it was just like Magneto has an entire city held hostage and he's rolling them in a big atom-like structure. Like, <laughs> holy shit. So they get Marshmallow out. Uh, Robin and Marion are there for reasons. They're living in the woods. Uh, and the Men. I guess. Oh, that's they fair. Okay, they're living in the woods. Could you imagine? It's like, I'm back. Okay, well, we're still living in the woods. Why? There's a giant house. Let's go fight Rumpelfeld. <laughs> Uh, and so, like, Marion and Robin get knocked down, and the marshmallow thing is, I keep calling him a marshmallow thing, the big ice monster is just like, I'm gonna kill you because I've been provoked. Because I think at this point he has his big spikes, mm-hmm. uh, because Emma, like, power magicked him and pissed him off. And, uh, she is like, oh no, Regina appears from nowhere and just, like, walks I loved her little like suit situation oh, she was so doing, good. but I how did she move? I I didn't understand how she could move in that skirt. She was just taking very small calculated steps. Yeah. I it was a tight skirt. It was a tight skirt like Yep. Like not around her. Like I guess tight, but yeah, she just couldn't move. She could not get a full stride. We literally see her like head in her hands, like knees crawl, pr- crawled up to her to her forehead. Like sitting in her office when her and Emma do like the Elsa on a door thing, like yeah. that. I was wondering, like, how do you get the skirt to bend that much? It yeah. looks starched yeah, it was... to hell. Yeah, and even when she moves, she has to like put both of her knees together and like kind of squat a little <laughs> bit. Like I was clocking that skirt. I was just like, I love this look, but I would be no because she's even in the heels she's in the wood in heels i love this juxtaposition with maid marion where it's like this is marion she is in a giant cape her hair is wild and she's just like in the woods and 
dirty. And then there's Regina. Even in the flashback, she's got the hat and she's like, ugh, it smells like peasants. I hate it. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so it's just this great thing to just see her walk out. Like she's like walking out of a freaking business executive like boardroom. She's like, oh, there's a monster. I'm not going to kill it. I hope it kills you. Bye. And like disappears. And Mary's like, oh no. But then Regina, because she is a good person, gets behind it and then explodes Marshmallow. Poor Marshmallow. So my question for you, because I honestly don't have an answer for this, is did Regina have a change of heart? Or was she trying to just freak out Maid Marion for a hot minute? Yes. (laughs) Did both? Yes. I think both. I, because that's such a cool power play. She's like a cat playing with her food. She's like, I'm going to let her die. <sighs> because she even says to to Sydney at one point where she's like, I can't let Emma die or get her, like have her die because people will believe it's me. Same thing with this. Marion can't die. Like Regina's mad and possibly on the edge and then made Marion dies from a monster no one knows where it came from. They're going to blame it on me. So I'll kill it. To take the blame off of me. Because who's making ice monsters disgusting? Gauche. Awful. Only fire powers here. Yay. Yes. And that is, I mean, that's pretty much like the whole King Caboodle, right? Oh, wait. Hold on. We're, we're, you're forgetting about the Emma and Hook tender kiss. Their scenes were very cute. This was so cute. Yeah. This was so cute because Hook is just desperately trying to like talk to her and Emma is spiraling and she's like, no, I have to, I have to, I have to, she's got a thousand things she has to do, least of which get an evil queen wrangled up and Hook's like, fine, fine. I know what it looks like when someone doesn't want to talk to me. It's fine. It's fine. And then she smooches him ever so delicately on the lips. And it's so cute. It's so cute. I wanted to throw up. Like I just like, this is probably the most tender I think. Emma has ever been because she even holds his hook very delicately. Yeah, no, this was this was very cute. I I loved um, Colin O'Donoghue's like ha- his playfulness in this episode with Emma. Like I love when she's like, "You want to chill and watch Netflix?" He's like, "I don't know what that is, but yes." Like he 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 was <laughs> yes anding every moment with her. He wasn't brooding. He was he was being charming. Like, I think deep down he knew that Emma wasn't mad at him. He knew there wasn't really anything like wrong with them. She just, he, he knew she needed some space, but he wasn't going to make it easy for her because, you know, no. he wants to push her a little bit. Yeah. Because, so that's why I, I, my favorite part was the line right after that, because he was just like, oh, she's going to run away from me. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just starve to death. It's fine. And then she like kisses him and she's like, I just need a minute. He's like, I, I will wait for you forever. I will die here in this place. If you tell me to stand here until you return, I will do it until I perish. Like, like the moment she kisses him, his whole brain, just no thoughts, only kiss. And then he's like, unless I die from a giant monster. Which then he looks for because at any moment, Grumpy could come screaming into the shot. Monsters. Monsters. Marshmallows. It's a marshmallow monster. And snail trails are snail. Oh, God, I listen. I don't know if it's a staple of the genre. I but I have read at least just the one. I've read one single Omega verse fan fiction. The term snail trail upsets me on a very core level. Ben, I don't know why. Oh no, I, I, I don't want to explain it. Is it like a thing? It I 
I, like I said, I don't know if it's a common thing, but the one that I read, it was in there. And it was just one of those, why is it gross now? Why did you make something? I mean, not that slugs aren't gross, but I, someone, please tell me, don't, don't, you don't have to get into detail. Just someone just let me know. Yeah, that's a thing. And I should be upset by it. <laughs> or if I've just really given away what I've read. <laughs> really concerned. By the way, don't search Omegaverse I'm, for any no, reason. No, I, I know what it is, but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna I, do that. I looked for one thing. All of my Facebook targeted ads were ruined for oh, weeks. Oh no! You mentioned Omegaverse in a previous episode of our podcast. It's probably recently yeah. after I had read that, and I was still just <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> season four episode one a tale of two omega verses and i mean like i have very mixed feelings about this episode overall i'm kind of underwhelmed i'm trying to hold out hope because i do remember really liking the whole snow queen thing they go with but i don't quite remember how Elsa and Anna fit into it and like I'm holding judgment withholding judgment on whether they end up feeling shoehorned in the end or if it feels integrated into the story but my gut is telling me it's probably gonna end up feeling shoehorned I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate because I'm, I'm trying what I remember about it is is a, I, I, I remember how it fits together, kind of. Yeah. I, I, I'm i a little bit shakier on the, the, the other stuff, like the author stuff, like how we, I mean, I know what it is and how we get there, but I remember like, just like there's some center stuff that I'm not, I think I remember how the Frozen stuff plays out for the most part. Um, I look forward to getting through this story arc and uh, dismantling how this would or would not fit into Frozen 2. Because I think there's a there's there's an argument to be made that it could it could in fact fit, but but maybe but with caveats with caveats. Yeah, I mean, I think we can kind of put the pieces together ourselves. I mean, Mist Haven, like the fact I'm, that the whole the sequel takes place in the land of mists, like that has magic, is an enchant literally yeah. an enchanted forest. I think I think it's ripe for the picking. Could you imagine Frozen 2 is happening and then, like, there's this big powerful moment and then just, like, an animated Rumpelstiltskin just pops out. Hello, Jeez! Get you! Uh, oh, I, every time I do a Rumpel impression, I just sound like Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! Hello! <laughs> oh, well... Uh, I'm so excited. I'm not going to beat on this too much. I'm just going to say this one episode and then at the, at the very last one, I'm very excited that we're doing the last season that we have not reviewed. I know. We're closing we're, the we're gap, We're closing kids. the gap, and then it's just going to be like, it's just, it's an adventure. We're on, we're on an adventure, yes. all of us together. All of us together. And on that, we want to thank all of you for joining, listening, loving, sharing, subscribing, doing all that fun stuff. We, of course, want to especially thank our patrons, especially our Snow Queen patrons. We made yes. it! Uh, this week's Snow Queen level patron shout out goes to ZDF. Thank you, ZDF, for supporting us. And of course, 
If you want to support us on Patreon, head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. Uh, we, we just recently put out a, a special bonus episode where Abby and I just wax poetic for about an hour, because that's what happens, about what we would want to see out of a Once Upon a Time reboot. Uh, it went to very interesting places. At one point, um, Big Hero 6 was presented as an option. Um, and just a lot of other fun stuff. It was, it was quite a wild journey and, um, I, I had a great time talking about it and maybe we'll see it happen one day. Who knows? The, the, the writers are listening to it, taking notes, being like these, these ladies, these ladies got some great they ideas. Stuff. All of our ideas were 100% amazing. Oh, yes. Um, fantastic. Yes. Except for Beth's bad ideas about gargoyles. <laughs> <clears throat> All my points about gargoyles are valid. all right guys well if you want to subscribe you can subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts you can join the facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash oua timing you can find us on twitter i am at beth elderkin i am at just underscore and we're gonna be back next week with season one episode two whiteout and abby i've been i've been trying to look ahead so I can remember which one has Bo Peep as Mob Boss, and I can't find it. So I think I'm just going to be surprised. Is it next week? I don't know. We'll find out. I I like the idea that it is just a collective Mandela effect that we've had, and it doesn't exist. <laughs> like, it's just us misremembering a storyline, and everyone's just been like, what are they talking? Like, it's us. This is our Fitbit demon. It never actually happens. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're going to be like at the e- the end of season uh, 4A and be like, where where the hell was Bo Peep? She, where's guys, Bo Peep? She never existed. <laughs> she never, guys, we, we didn't know how to tell you guys. You guys don't know uh, the ship names correctly. You've named all your Patreon things wrong. You don't understand who Rumpelstiltskin's dad is. And I don't know why they keep talking about Bo Peep. <laughs> what is she talking about? They kept talking about Mob Boss. Did they both start doing like hallucinogenics together and just imagine episodes? Yes, oh. is the answer. That's we just imagine episodes collectively and put them. <laughs> and in they're the amazing. And they're amazing. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 